What? Smokey rides a bike. Nope. Smokey takes a smoke. Uh uh-uh. uh. Smokey goes to camp. No. Smokey's son of Smokey. No. Revenge of Smokey. Read it right here. Oh, Smokey takes a break. No. <laughs> Music. Welcome to the New World Pictures Podcast, where we watch every single movie released by New World Pictures. We also talk to the people behind the scenes who made these glorious films. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. This is a marathon and not a sprint. This podcast, <laughs> I have to tell myself, it's a marathon. You got to pace yourself. You don't want to go running out of the gates too quickly. We are in the dog days of spring. And... <laughs> You know, this is like, we've hit mile 16. It's getting a little painful. That's right. But, but we've got but we're more pushing to go. through. We're, That's right. We've got a lot more to go. we got mm-hmm. a lot more to go. Mm-hmm. 18, you are not near the end. Erica, mm-hmm. also. Erica. Smokey, Smokey versus Jason. No. No. Damn no. It. No, that would have that, I liked that one. That would have been really good. Can, been really good. Does that one exist? Can yeah. we watch that now? No, of course. We are gathered together. Oh, For this episode, this we have religious. gathered. Yes. Oh my! To discuss a uh, a banner film, a film that only New World could put out. I mean, if there was, there's no other company that's going to make a movie like this one. And I'm talking about 1981's Smokey Bites the Dust. It's Jimmy McNichol. He's got the law in a pickle. Keep your mind on the game. Homecoming queen Peggy Sue is about to be snatched. Roscoe, are you trying to abduct me? Feeling my daughter? And her daddy the sheriff is out for the catch in Smokey Bites the Dust. How long are you planning to hold me against my will? Until you like it. What if we don't catch them at all? Make way for the biggest comedy crack-up of the year. Jimmy McNichol shifts in the gear, then turns the county on its ear. Like this? Oh, yes, that's very good. Boldly go where no man has gone before. Hi! It took my bit. It took my bit. <laughs> the real Don Steele. Man, if only he had been in this movie. Real Don um, Steele can make anything sound good. Honestly, yeah. That made me want to rewatch it just to listen to him talk about it. It makes I, me want to do the whole podcast and rhyme everything. 
<laughs> I feel like pickle. I, he's in a pickle. <laughs> I feel like I missed. I've watched this movie one and a half times. I think I've missed fifteen <laughs> counties. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say seventeen yeah. counties. Yeah. Well, it was like three. They all well, you know, the valley looks the same. Um, How <laughs> dare you? Uh, of course, nineteen eighty ones. Smokey Bites the Dust, brought to you by Lucky Strike Filterless Cigarettes. <laughs> and Snake Lake Truck Stop. The trusted <laughs> brand of kids who hang out at truck stops everywhere. <laughs> uh, this was directed by Charles B. Griffith, who had worked with Corman since 1956 as either a screenwriter or a director. He wrote Attack of the Crab Monsters, Beast from Haunted Cave, A Bucket of Blood, and A Little Shop of Horrors, among others. For Corman to direct, he would often work uh, for Roger and then he would go away and do other things and then he would come back to Roger, eventually writing and doing second unit on Death Race 2000 uh, and then wrote and directed Eat My Dust, uh, which makes up part of the title for this and part of the footage, um, which, was a huge, <laughs> which was a huge success for New World. And then he would direct 1979's Up From the Deaths from New World and this uh, before leaving in disgust with Corman after this one. Uh, though he would direct one more movie, 1989's Wizards of the Lost Kingdom 2, which was for Corman's Concord Pictures. Um, Griffith also plays the mellow rabbi in this as well. Oh, oh yeah. That's yeah. Him? yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's oh. him. Uh, this is written by novelist Max Apple. Uh, New World often liked to uh, find writers that would write short stories and such and then invite them to write a screenplay. And this is his first. This, then would... Someone wrote a screenplay for this. Wow. Yes. yes. I just this... felt like every morning they woke up and they were like, how about then today we just like, um, I don't know, pick up a rabbi and then like kick somebody <laughs> out of his car? And... What if, what if one of the guys is now making moonshine? I got <laughs> yeah, an old yeah. still yeah. and we can yeah. use that. Yeah. Okay, you let's do it. With some kind of plot machinations for them all to come together at the end as they so naturally do uh, <laughs> uh, max apple also wrote the screenplay uh after this he didn't write for a while i <laughs> can understand and he was like no thank you but he eventually got back to write 1994's the air up there hmm. where kevin hmm. bacon travels to africa to recruit a basketball player so that's a wild filmography. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah, God. Yeah. Then he also, also just for the record, I really like the name Max Apple. Max it, Apple. Max, Max Apple. Yeah, it is a yeah, good name. That's great. Is, are there a there. lot of car crashes in the air up there? Uh ooh, good. I gotta, no, we got to rewatch. So. We got to rewatch. Do you think God, he could have made like a whole career out of just doing car crash movies? <laughs> like. Like, if you want to, if you want to make a car not. crash movie, call Max. He's the That's best. That's right. He's you the have guy. to say Max Apple though. Max Apple. Yeah. Max Apple. Uh, he also wrote 1995's Roommates, which is based on his novel of the same name. He was really more of a novel and short story writer, so he didn't write many screenplays. Those are his three, and what a wild filmography that is! Wow. Well, this movie feels like a collection of short stories that are mm-hmm. weaved together through <laughs> a multitude of car crashes. Correct. Uh, this also stars teen heartthrob Jimmy McNichol as Roscoe Wilton. Him? Jimmy is Jimmy. He's is a the, heartthrob. He was a heartthrob at the time. Yes. I could see it. I buy it. He was a child star. It. He's mm. a brother of Christy McNichol. Mm. He'd also then go from this. He'd appear and he did a lot of TV. But then he did this and he did Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker in the same year. It also came out the same year. And Jimmy and Christy recorded an album together in the late seventies. He was also a musician. 
and they hosted wow. a variety show together on ABC. And oh. by 1981, this year this comes out, Christy had finished her run on the TV show Family mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. had appeared in the film Little Darlings with Tatum mm-hmm. O'Neill. Mm-hmm. You goddamn son of a bitch. Open this door or I'll blow your fucking balls off. You think I'm fooling around here, you goddamn bastard? Think I'm playing some half-assed motherfucking game? <laughs> <laughs> now let's yeah. let's play a quick game of guess the rating. If you oh. guess correctly, you get a point. Mark, what's the rating of the of Smokey Bites the Dust? Two out of five stars. <laughs> I meant the the rate the the MPAA rating. Oh, this is this one's PG. This is straight up PG. I'm gonna say Erica, PG. You both get a point. It yeah. is PG. 1981, yeah. baby. Yeah. Kids smoking cigarettes, anything goes. Yep. This is total. This is as wholesome as it gets. Here's where you can watch Smokey Bites the Dust, and the answer is just about everywhere. Tubi, Plex. I think it's on uh, Shout TV. We watched it on Roger Corman's Action Pack Collection DVD, which also includes. Georgia Peaches and the Great Texas Dynamite Chase, which we will we'll use that DVD again to, yes, to we will. talk about those movies. Now, let's get into um, why we are talking about Smokey Bites of Dust. Yeah, Ryan, why did you pick this one? <laughs> yeah, Ryan, why did you do this to us? Uh, now, I, it was this was my call, and I really, mm-hmm. really yeah. wrestled with this one. Mm-hmm. And this was sort of a... Quit stalling. A, get to the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took me a while to come up with this, but here's what I was thinking. Mark has talked about how much we started this year in a lot of uh, 80s movies, so I wanted to stick mm-hmm. in the 70s. Also, so you picked a movie from 1980. <laughs> 1981, right? I did. Yeah. I totally did. Okay, cool, but cool, was, cool, cool. Yeah. Tracking. Cool. I'm trying to do. So you well. burned your own logic to the ground. Great. Yes. Continue. <laughs> yes, but the Corman uh-huh. era, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. We, we and so I was trying to find a movie that I thought would be fun because we have watched a couple that not all of us have agreed was were fun. So I was hoping we could get the one that was fun. I think in particular, Mark was desperately asking to watch something fun. I thought this one might be fun. It's got a bunch of car crashes. It should be light, uh, breezy. Plus, Alan Holzman, who we talked to several times this year so far, uh, did second unit on this. So we had sort of talked to him about this. So I thought, well, this would be a good time to do it. Furthermore, I thought, oh, this is a movie that I don't think I have to do a whole lot of research about. We've already talked to Alan Holzman about it. So mm-hmm. I don't have to do a whole lot. And let me just say, fear not, because the part of the show that you may or may not listen to has a lot of information. And that's the research corner. So just you wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you want to just start it now? So <laughs> skip right to just it. Skip to it. We can talk about it. <laughs> so that's why I decided to uh, have us all watch Smokey Bites the Dust. So when you looked at the movie poster for this one and it said, mm-hmm. he's wild, he's nervy, he's a one-man demolition derby. Yeah. That wasn't the first sign that maybe this I one... I skipped the poster. Did not look okay. at the poster. You know now, what made me mad? When I saw the poster, I was immediately mad at you because I was like, you guys hated Transylvania 6 5000. Look at this poster. There's a rhyme on it. This is going to be ridiculous. Okay. In all fairness, 
the 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 uh, imagery, the artistic rendering for Transylvania Six Five Thousand is not much better. No, um, no, I, mean, I would argue it is a better poster, and I also did not hate Transylvania Six Five Thousand. I just mm. was not in love with it mm. like you. This I loved is it. April. <laughs> April has been very hard, very very hard. Well, um, this will this will cheer you up, Mark, because the letterbox. Uh, oh, we should get into what it, this movie is about first. So forget it. Never mind. Cut this out. Go ahead, Mark. What was your thought? I wasn't even going to talk about what this movie's about. I was going to say that <laughs> I was I was initially excited. I thought, look, I I liked Smokey and the Bandit. This is exactly the problem. This is how this movie got made because sure. Smoking the Bandit was a hit. So we actually need to blame Smoking the Bandit for causing this movie to be created. Uh, anyway, uh, I was excited. I thought, okay, this could be fun. Car chase movies are typically fun. Death Race 2000 was fun. Sure. Uh, even even Death Sport, uh, Death Port, we thought was fun. Mostly, we just blew up motorcycles. Lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought we're going to see a lot of blowing up of cars and you get that. You do get it's that. It's just, yes. I had traveled back after being away from home for a week, got home, uh, sat down in my, in my living room, put on this movie, poured myself a Manhattan, underestimated how from quickly your, your giant bottle of pre-made manhattans <laughs> my pre-made, yes well ryan i like to keep it's on a tap in the fridge did you just you go to 7-eleven and just get one of those pre-made mini cans it's <laughs> it's it's box manhattan i like it in a box <laughs> Box Manhattan. So I poured myself. Label it just says Manhattan on it, and a blue line underneath. I always like Manhattan's by Mark. (laughs) Mark's in cursive. He's on the box, like yeah. Mark's boxed Manhattans. Right now, with twenty percent more Manhattan in it. Um, Find it next to the filterless Lucky Strikes. Yeah. Also, for Manhattans by Mark, man is all caps. <laughs> man Hatton. <laughs> Just so everybody knows. These are masculine Hattons. Yeah, the man's at like a 32 and the Hatton's like at a 16. <laughs> um, yes. So I poured myself from the box a glass of Manhattan. I sat down. I underestimated... The power of the Manhattan after a flight <laughs> and a lack of sleep. Yeah. Plus, and it's just, it just sits there in that box and just gets even right, more. Yeah. Right. Well, typically, if, if you goes through the roof. Well, the, wow, the, that's the catch. <laughs> that's the catchphrase. That's the catchphrase. The Manhattan's by Mark. The roof goes through the roof. Oh, we have to make this and t-shirt. And Mark's like this, like pointing up. Like, like, oh. We have to make this t-shirt. We have to. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, and remember, we you just do, designed it. You need to shake it because the, the liquor will sink <laughs> to the bottom. That's a sticker. <laughs> need to, you need to shake it. Shake, shake well. well. Shake Before well. Drinking. <laughs> okay. So, oh God. Um, oh. needless to say, I felt the power of the Manhattan sure. <laughs> early sure. into this movie. Okay. Oh no. Which counteracted any ability for me to follow the intricate, poorly 
it's poorly uh, communicated plot lines. No, yeah. that's not the Manhattan. I, that's, what, not the Manhattan. <laughs> that's not the I Manhattan. I was like, Jesus, Manhattan, you have really sucked away my ability to follow what is going on with this movie. First, we're at a high school. And there's a football game, I think. They mm-hmm. seem to be more fighting than playing football. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was the Manhattan uh, clouding <laughs> my ability to understand sure. how high school football is played. Then there's a prom queen, and they jump into a, a convertible RX-7, mm-hmm. I, it, which I don't even remember convertible RX-7s back then. So... <laughs> Yeah. That her own father immediately shoots a gun at. Yeah, fires (laughs) from across the football field. Mm -hmm. To save her, quote unquote. To save her. So I'm now 15, 20 minutes in, and I had to turn this off. And and I thought, I need to come back to this without a Manhattan and revisit this from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't uh, settle into this movie. No, no, this you don't movie settle in. Is the when you watch this movie? Now we didn't have this same experience. I'd rather I should say we didn't have this same setting that you had when yeah. we watched this movie. We didn't Fair. settle in. We didn't drink out. Of, we don't. I mean, frankly, you know, kind of upset about it, but we don't have a box of Manhattans. I feel what? like we we, we that, should be the next in line to get this box yeah. from California's liquor laws have made it difficult. <laughs> To sell to cross the hooch. We Man- needed you to smoke you in the band of the situation. Man- Bring the hooch. Manhattan's yeah. by Mark is strictly Get the Coors out. Get the Coors out. Let's yeah. fill it with boxed Manhattan. Cannot be sold west of the Mississippi as of right now. But we're working as of on now. that. We're working on that. Um, but we settled in and this this movie is the equivalent of you being in a deep sleep and somebody grabbing you by the shoulders and throttling you awake. You're like, oh, what is happening? It's like, no, you must be on my time. You have to get at my speed. Yeah. You have to do, you have to think like I am thinking. And you're like, I'm not, I'm not ready. I don't, I I didn't know. And we were in different states, states of mind than you. And yet we felt the exact same thing. Okay. All right. This movie really slaps you in the face and says, this thing's going, and you're like, I don't know who anyone is. I don't know what's happening. Like, what's going on? Yeah. The 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 cop the the sheriff is talking to other police officers in the car and saying, we have to capture this kid mm-hmm. who they haven't introduced. Yeah. And they right. said, they he says the first if if first person if anyone lets this kid go, they're gonna be they're gonna have to forfeit two years of their salary. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't think is legal. Sure. Uh, and then he proceeds to pull from the sun visor a little yeah. tube that he puts in his mouth, Correct. which looks like a like a, a, a 1980s breathalyzer, mm-hmm. but it's like a mouth flute, and mm-hmm. he plays mm-hmm. a song. Yeah, where do you where do you get what? that? Do you buy that at like AutoZone or is that like a sharper? You know what? A sharper. <laughs> <laughs> Along with the massage chair, you get the little yeah, <laughs> and plays a little Irish jig whenever you want to drink out of it. I thought he was just taking a drink, and that was the music choice. I did was too. Yeah. I watched it again yeah. this morning because sure. I thought that he was drinking. Then I thought, is it a breathalyzer? Mm-hmm. He's supposed to. Be, it's supposed to be that he's playing some little flute thing. What? That co- yeah. No, I think he's drinking, and I think that they're playing the music as like a no because ha, 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 he's having it, a no. Whiskey. The song stops, 
And then he goes and does it again and plays but I one think little that's more just note. He's having another little toot off of the flask. I think they're just trying to be funny. God, this, this movie. This how... movie has like a thousand jokes, and yeah, half of them you're like, was that a joke? But they what? never make him into a drinker into at, at any other part in the movie. Right. Like, exactly. No, they never repeat it. So you don't know it's an outlier. But they also never make him a flautist. <laughs> <laughs> so it's double True. confusing. He never, he, he, he does nothing musical ever again. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Good without, with, before point. we go any further, let's find out what this movie's about. Mark, you're already on a roll. Yeah. What's this movie yeah. about? Yeah. Uh, it, I, I, on it, you know, okay, I've made this joke many times where I'm like, I'm not sure. But, like, legit, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's it's about a high schooler, a high school kid who likes to torture the police, the sheriff by stealing cars and ultimately destroying them. Uh, and he kidnaps his the sheriff's daughter to try and convince her to like him by running from the cops. Because mm-hmm. I guess yeah. that was a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then some... Someone selling moon a recipe for a moonshine to, <laughs> and I'm using air quotes Arabs. Mm. As in, that's that's not my yes. words. No, I'm just no. just yeah. that's the movie. That's the movie. The movie does talk uh, about that name several ye- times. Yeah, and, and and then there's the football player who's obsessed with the sheriff's daughter and is yeah. coming after her. You bet. E- even yeah. at, at like yeah. in a real obsessive way. Uh, and then there's the other county, the Belladonna County, that's pissed mm-hmm. off that the mm-hmm. sheriff from Psycho yep. County has come into their county. So he's they're chasing him. Though it does give them an excuse I, to sit I, down and have some good Mexican food, which they don't have in their county. So, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And those that's sister true. bases, like, they really yeah. have a nice little sit-down, you know? So that's... Until I mean, one it, of them gets food on his face. Yeah. And that stays on his face. It stays on his For well, the rest of the movie. That's apparently the one guy who's going to lose two years of his salary because he's also been saying that you're going to lose your money, but there's only one deputy. There's, he's I, really complaining to one single single guy. Right. Uh, Erica, Erica, what's this movie about? Um, I felt like it was just a fever dream. Mm. Like, of this teenage kid, like, just getting away with everything. Because yeah. it's so much property damage and car yes. theft and kidnapping. And, it's um, pleasant you didn't call it a nightmare. I really like that. Well, I think I feel like it's a fever dream because he's like wearing a, a top hat and a suit for most of it, so <laughs> yeah, he looks right, fancy. Right. Well, he's dressed up like his buddy because that was for what they were going to wear for for homecoming, right? Which they right. don't explain. It, yeah, it's just nuts. It's a it real mess, yeah. and that's it's a fever dream. It's a high school student's fever dream. It's like he watched Smokey and the Bandit and Moving Violations and... Uh, moving Violation. Moving Violation and and Deathsport and Cannonball and then like went to sleep. But he had and he had a bunch of Mexican food and he went to sleep. <laughs> and he was like feeling good when he went to sleep and then he just had wild dreams all night. That's this movie. Hmm. I, yeah, I mean, I think, in fact, some of the crashes are from moving violation. Mm-hmm. 
In fact, there's the one oh, where totally. it crashes into the brick wall and the yes. airbag comes out. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I've seen that before. Yes. Where that tan car kind of goes upside down and scoots on the yep. on the roof of the car. That, I agree, because that's what I think this movie is about. This movie is about recycling. <laughs> <laughs> it's about lowering your carbon footprint mm. by making a movie out of oh. other movies. Uh-huh. Oh. oh. You know? Uh-huh. So that's what uh-huh. this movie is. It's like, yeah. hey, we can make more movies. But we don't have to make a whole bunch more movies. Let's use other movies to make this movie. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Take back okay. the planet. Um, the Letterboxd How... synopsis pre- pretty much agrees with Mark. It says, says, follows the rivalry between a small-town southern sheriff and a small-town delinquent who steals cars and then destroys them with the sheriff's daughter by his side. Yeah, that. I mean, that's part of it. That's they're part, leaving that's out half of it. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, like yeah. They're leaving out like the 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 hotel that for some reason is managed all by little people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah. that mm-hmm. wh- by a little why person. This? No, there's there's a couple. There's it's a couple. Just one. There's just the one. No, dude. there's two. There's two. Huh. I missed that. Doesn't that. make a couple. That makes a pair. <laughs> couple is a. It, we're a couple, and that's just two people. <laughs> We're a pair. We're a pair. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say peas in a pod, but, oh. you know, sure. So a couple peas in a pod are managing this hotel, which I don't know why that has to be a part of this plot at all. It had, yeah. just had to be. At all. It had, it had yeah. to happen. I uh, will say, though, there's a very sleepy bellhop who literally falls asleep on the job, and I felt like if I was a character in the movie... <laughs> I am 100% that bellhop. Yeah. <laughs> like, he enough. had one job. Just get them to their room. And he literally falls asleep on the elevator on the way to the room. <laughs> and that hotel is a hotbed of activity because there is a ton of people in the lobby. Yeah. It is it is packed. Yeah. Which is like, let well, you use your restroom. You're fine. And You're I don't bad. blame them because it seems to be the at least the biggest building in the entire town. It is right. yeah, huge. And it's obviously got the only Coca-Cola vending machine because that dude mm-hmm. is molesting that vending machine trying <laughs> to get trying to get some some cold nectar into his mouth <laughs> we've sort of gone over this a little bit but this movie does take footage from eat my dust grand theft auto thunder and lightning and moving violation Woo. none of which we have covered uh, other than moving violation on the you don't know dick podcast that we guessed it on so good job on us continuing to start at the end of things <laughs> we always like to do our uh, we always right. like to start yeah. at the end of our of our uh, franchises That's right. and we've sort of done that here and of course the title is an amalgamation of smoking the bandit and eat my dust and uses a lot of the footage from that and oh. also has dick miller who yep. i don't know what what outside of being in a helicopter chasing after his car yeah mm-hmm. is that is that yeah that's it that's it? Yep, that's it. That's it. He is the driver's ed teacher. Oh. He is? Yes. Because I, bl- the I blame the Manhattan for... The car for... that he steals in the beginning at homecoming um, is the car that his friend is supposed to drive around and drive the homecoming queen, which, of course, is the sheriff's daughter. And, that, and he gets that because he is the star of the... Uh, of driver's ed. I guess he's the best student. So he got the opportunity, which he at one point in time, he kind of complains about to the girl that he ends up running off because he's also in on this chase is the friend that lost the car and another, and the runner up for the homecoming queen. They are running off together as well, trying to chase down the car. 
because Roscoe didn't even take driver's ed, and now he's mm. responsible to get the car. Oh, right, right, right. Now, no, is this he never he never got his driver's license. Right. He never passed Correct. the test. Yeah. Now, is this is this information properly given out? Is it properly? No. Mm-mm. You need to watch uh, this movie a few times, like I did, to just try to get some of that information to process. Yeah. I will say that that Smoky Bites of Dust at least make makes its intentions known right away. They were like, this movie is going to be silly. Because yes. yep. that opening chase with Roscoe and the sheriff and the music kicking into gear, it, it is definitely saying, oh, this, this, this is not a serious film in any way. I think it's because, like you said, it's like a fever dream where you're woken up and it's like, hey, we're in the middle of this, mm-hmm. even though the credits just stopped rolling. Um, it... Like, you're not sure, is this a comedy? Is this just a, right. like an adventure movie? Is it just an action car chase movie? Um, and it is trying to be funny. It's not, it doesn't do a very good job of it. No, mm-hmm. no. Uh, but it is trying to be, a com- it's trying to almost be more of a cannonball run kind sure. of movie you, than totally. a Smokey and the Bandit movie. Because right. they do, as you pointed out, in the end, everybody, all the subplots come together into a final fight scene sure. at the end. Right. So they're, they're they're kind of drawing all these stories and everyone's driving in some capacity to mm-hmm. get to sure. this lake where the final fight Snake takes lake. place. Snake, Snake Lake. Snake River Lake, I think, or is it Snake Ri- Snake River? I don't know. I don't know. They call it Snake Lake at the end, so mm-hmm. I was yeah, I yeah. But let's start off at the homecoming and try to try to figure out some of these subplots. If there's one thing this movie has a ton of, besides recycled car crash footage, it's a lot of subplots. Yeah, and so much happens. I mean, as we've mentioned, we all got confused. So let's try to summarize. Okay. Roscoe takes the car that's meant for the homecoming queen. We talked about that. It's the sheriff's daughter, Peggy Sue. Peggy Sue's played by Janet Julian, who played Nancy Drew in the late 70s. And she was in TV shows like Battlestar Galactica and BJ and the Bear. We got Kenny the football player. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Played by Bill Bill Forsyth uh, from Raising Arizona, amongst many other films. He's obsessed with Peggy Sue, so he's going to leave the game to chase after them. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, Peggy game uh, game is a very loose. It's a very the, whatever's loose term. happening. On yeah, the whatever's happening. I it's not football. An, an early version of the XFL, maybe like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the blueprint for the XFL. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They saw yeah. that. They yeah. saw this footage and like they were like, it can be done. Yes. Um, okay, as we mentioned, uh, the sheriff fires into a crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the ongoing, also an ongoing football game of whatever it is, and most importantly, towards his daughter to stop Roscoe. Mm-hmm. Dick Miller, who's the driver's ed teacher, I'm pretty sure he is. He has a classic line. Who the hell? Who the hell? Who the hell is driving that goddamn, goddamn car? <laughs> when in doubt, say it twice. Uh, I mean, or three Dick, times. Dick Shit. Miller coming in, coming in, coming hot. in hot. Mm-hmm. And he starts to choke out Roscoe's friend Harold um, because that was legal, I think, in 1981 for teachers to do that to their mm-hmm. students. Um, I, I want to make sure I have that name right. Yes, I did. Harold. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then he, Harold, and Cindy take up after Roscoe. Sheriff's in the lead. We've got three cars now chasing him. 
So far, right. so good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, before we move on to another subplot, Erica, just want to talk about that homecoming game. You were in band, and there is a section where the band's playing, and there's a twirler. And when they run into the crowd and sort of show the crowd, they they seem to run from either sarcastically enthused or maybe slightly interested. Mm-hmm. Is that do you is that about right mm-hmm. for when yeah. you were in band? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why. Okay. I, that's why I didn't laugh too much. It just felt too. You were real. like, mm. yeah, I was like, this is about right. I was like, this, noted. This feels very real. So that's what they nailed. Mm-hmm. That's what they nailed. Okay, good to know. Other subplots. Um, I guess we need to talk about this one. Deputy Bentley is ta- sets things up with Lester the Moonshiner. But then Deputy Bentley gets his own sort of subplot where mm-hmm. he can't get a ride to get back into town. But isn't that he ex- trying to get Lester to get him? He deputize. Why does he deputize him? He gets to deputized get his help? later because Lester gets put in the jail cell mm-hmm. and they have to deputize him to get something else because the deputy and the sheriff were already out. They're actually yeah. in the car together when they deputize Lester the Moonshiner. And Lester's in the jail cell, but the jail cell isn't locked because he lets himself out. Right. right. That's the joke. <laughs> you know what I wish they had done when he, when he opened it? I wish they had done that flute. Yeah. They just need to use that flute Yeah, they need to use more. that. Yeah, they needed they to use to, that. They need yeah. to, like, pepper it in more, and then it would have been absolutely hilarious. But, yeah. you know. So um, they deputized Lester to help them. Yes, they did. And then he, in the meantime, he's setting up a deal to sell a recipe of some moonshine. Correct. Yeah. For a million clams. To a oil baron named Abu Habib Bibubu. Yeah. 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 Which is played by Mel Wells, who was in Corman's A A Little Shop of Horrors. What's that? That is also a joke. That name yes. is meant to be because mm-hmm. they he says he's the brother of another Abubu Dabubu mm-hmm. and it yeah. becomes it's oh, a yeah. whole thing. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is like the the classic silly name joke. Yeah. Right. And then right. when he shows up <clears throat> when he shows up, they do the funny I don't know English, so I all my words are all mixed up in ways that are hilarious. Which actually isn't bad. For this movie, is not terrible in terms of the, the writing and the jokes. Mm-hmm. But Mel Wells plays uh, Abu Habib Bibubu. Um, and he was in Little Shop of Horrors. He was in other Corman productions like Chopping Mall. But this is his only new world, which is kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. Disappointing that this particular role, too. But I think that that is... Is that all the subplots? Uh, I think there's one more subplot, which is... And I guess... The subplot of you have a little girl and her mm-hmm. her friend or her boyfriend friend mm-hmm. boy yeah, yeah. the boy who she meets are, at the truck stop who decide that they're gonna wait for they're gonna wait until uh, who's the who's the main guy who's uh, until uh, Roscoe? Roscoe gets to the truck stop so they can give him the car. Like her dad's car that has the boat hooked up to the back in exchange for six packs of Lucky Strike cigarettes. Tens. Is it ten? Yeah. Okay, ten, ten packs yeah. of Lucky Strike cigarettes. Which, and then she, then the sheriff comes in, catches them smoking the cigarettes. 
she won't give up the information as to which car that they're in until they give him back, give her back the cigarettes because the, the, the cop, uh, the sheriff obviously and understandably confiscates the 10 packs of cigarettes. And then she shows up at the final battle. Yeah. How she got there. I'm really unclear on that. She one. gets, she gets in when they're having their little taco feast. She gets in one of the, one of the cop cars that leaves from that taco feast which has Lesser the Moonshiner getting all those characters together to hang out and have some Mexican food and some beers. One of those is the guy from the other county, the sheriff from the other county. He runs and gets in a car to chase after Smokey, the sheriff, uh, Sheriff Turner. He has taken his... Because he ends up... He ends up taking so many cop cars himself. Not only does Roscoe and uh, Peggy Sue have to keep changing vehicles to match up with the footage that they are stealing from. Right. They have to change vehicles. So uh, so they keep changing ca- cars, but so too does the sheriff have to keep mm-hmm. changing cars. Right. So he gets up and goes, hey, that's my car, gets in the car. And then the two truckers at that truck stop, one of whom is the dad of the little girl who loves cigarettes, they also get into a cop car, mm-hmm. and she gets in too. I, I am... Still just as confused as earlier when I said I don't remember how she got there. It, it happens yeah. in like a three-second shot that like if you blinked, you missed it. You know, it is – that's how quickly and how this movie moves. And I think you were talking about like the name joke and, and kind of the, the the way the comedy is handled in this movie. I mean, I I – Lester is making moonshine and every time that they cut to him and his – his his distillery or the, you know the mm-hmm. the the system that he sets up to distill this moonshine we're greeted with this super funny soundbite that is quintessential smoky bites the dust humor if <laughs> yep. that yep. if this makes you laugh then you are in. This <laughs> is the movie it. for you. You're, You're going to love it. Go buy this movie now. Look, this is a movie like if you had told me this movie has a scene where a girl needs to go to the restroom. So they have to go to a hotel and they bring them up to a room for her to use the restroom. And in the bed of that room is somebody in a monkey suit. Sleeping. Sleeping. Sleeping until they wake up and angrily ask to stay quiet. With a man downstairs who's got a suitcase full of money and comes in to take it again. And those are the jokes. I just, that would have helped. That would have helped to know just going in. You should know. You should know that this is the level of humor you're at. And surrounding all of those little quick moments is um, a a fuck ton of car chases. Yep. To the point, just constant. It never, ever stops. Ever. It is this it is in a part of the country where it's daylight for twenty-three hours of the day. <laughs> yep. And people yep. never stop driving. They yeah. never need to fill up on gas. As long as you as long as you put your pedal to the metal, you can go in this in this world that they live in. And, and even you can even you can be chased by several cars, pull over to the side of the road, hide behind a tree, have them go past you. Go out and drive the opposite direction, but they're going to catch you. They're going to immediately turn around and yeah. chase you. That they won't know. fool them. And they, they don't even need it. to take time to turn around. They have mm. already turned. They've turned around. 
very quickly all three cars in no time. Mm-hmm. And they're still like in lockstep driving the same direction right after you again. That's and how at, things move here. Because there's at no, there's no any point, At any point in your drive, at any point, a poorly constructed street sign or outhouse or shed right is going to be put in your way that you will have to drive through you won't have a choice you have to go through it didn't it kind of bum you out that they didn't figure out a way for that whole extended car down the hill that dick miller does in moving violation they only snuck the tail end. Of yeah, that, just the tail he, like, end of it. Just the tail end where he where he, his car goes into the water. But the whole thing where that car that car goes down the hill and crashes into every single all these odd like things. the chicken coop, like the house, they just the whole to be yeah, on this hill, the it, outhouse it, that's up from the house, right? Yeah. Don't that's you, how you do it? Don't you wish they had th- thrown that whole thing in? I mean, this movie they're throwing everything in. Yeah, they might as well. And I feel like and, this isn't this isn't like this movie isn't even a movie. I really feel like they were just like all these questions we're bringing up. But what about this? What about that? I, I'm sure that they were like, "Who cares? This right. is just a silly time at the movies. Mm-hmm. This isn't yeah. about. They're not even trying. We're not even trying to make a good movie. They were actually like really ahead of their time. They're really making a movie for like 2022. How so? In that it's just a bunch of clips and it's just a bunch of mishmash and it's just like <laughs> right. old reused stuff. Like basically they were making yeah. a movie for a day. They were actually, yeah. maybe they were like breaking ground. Maybe they were just cinematic I, revolutionaries. I take it back. This ep- this this episode isn't so much about reci- isn't about recycling. This is an episode of ridiculousness. Yeah, it's just yeah, you know, it's it's like an, a collection of a bunch of vines. Yeah. Put together into Fines. a single plot. We had to go into the Wayback Machine mm. to find all your old vines. Mm. Oh my god, there's people going, Vines? What is he talking about? It was like TikTok, but only for like six seconds. Ew, gross, yeah. lame. Mm. Oh, vines. Look, at least it has a happy ending for almost everyone. That's true. Uh, right? Oh, 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 no. Almost. Almost. Close. Almost. Almost. Close to it. Close to it. Just about. Mm-hmm. Everybody, <clears throat> excuse me. You do finally, you do finally get to the the recipe behind the moonshine is finally revealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think is an important part. And part it to... is silly. Six buckets Kentucky sour mash, two buckets Georgia turpentine, one quart barn varnish, one pint. Coon oil. Coon? Jackal oil, okay. Three kegs mule sweat or four kegs donkey juice. Gotta say, Lester. Yeah, come on. One pound chicken lips. We don't got chickens, we use vultures. Sounds it correct. Again, that's the kind of comedy that you're going to be stepping into. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that is one of the better executed jokes. Well, it's movie. one of the better written jokes, but what you what you when you hear it, it's different because what's happening on screen is that that's almost all off screen. So way <laughs> other things are happening. So even it, that there might be a decent joke there is distracted by other things happening. Mm-hmm. It's like right. don't let that joke land. Just yeah. ha- but have that joke happening while other things are also happening because mm-hmm. we don't have time to waste having somebody tell a joke. 
Yeah. Right, because Peggy Sue and 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 Roscoe are walking across like a levee that says "Beware of the Piranhas," and they mm-hmm. stumble across a skeleton while that line that we just played is being said. <laughs> yes. So you're like, which am I supposed to be paying attention <laughs> to right now? Here? Right. <laughs> They're like, you you won't even you're you you haven't you can't even catch your breath at this point. There's so many jokes happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're laughing so hard. Now. Now, one could argue that this was a 1980s version of dense comedy like Arrested Development, where it takes a few viewings to get all the jokes because mm. they're coming at you That's right. so fast, so furious. There's so many complex layers. But there isn't. I'm well, just... I would say that you're right. It is that. It is a, it is a cavalcade of jokes. That you have to rewatch to get all of. But as I was saying to Erica when we were watching it, I was like, the problem is, is the highest form of humor for this movie is like a wet fart. So you're <laughs> right in that you'd have to rewatch it to get all of the jokes. But, and, and the reason is, it's like a wet fart. I mean, that's funny. So but that is the height that they're trying to achieve. That is only that is only as far as they would get. If they could get the equivalent of a wet fart, they would be like, we did it. Imagine how much more successful Arrested Development would have been if they went for wet farts. Well, isn't there a version you can watch on Netflix where they've thrown in a lot of fart sounds? <laughs> it should be. Where he comes in, he's like, George Michael. <laughs> Is that your Jason Bateman? That's my which one? Okay, you do it. You do it. No, you okay, ready? It. So Come on. Mean, well, but... you could do another character. You could do someone else. Oh, it's me, George Michael. <laughs> wow, that's like Michael Sarah was here. That is crazy. That is crazy. That is unbelievable. Uh, I don't know. It's me, George Michael. I don't know. Um. <laughs> George Michael sounded different when I watched it, but. Sure. Yeah. Well, I know you guys love that. So this is a perfect natural segue for things we love and things we hated. That's right. We're going to talk about the things we loved and the things we hated about Smoky Bites of Dust. Mark, what's something that you loved? Um, I loved the fight scene uh, that takes place uh, between uh, Kenny and, is it Harold? Um, when Kenny finally catches up to them, yes, simply yes. because mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. because the the uh, voiceover or the overdub of oh, yeah. of oh, the yeah. girlfriend for sure, and I have a clip because I laughed, oh, I did it, legit laugh yeah. so hard. So that goes on too long, and her just like, too ooh, long. oh, Harold, oh, ooh, ah, is mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it sounds very bad, particularly over the two of them fighting, and it's clear her voice is coming from another location. <laughs> Even though she's yeah. physically standing physically right standing next to right them. standing right next to them, but she is clearly, her voice <laughs> seems like it's like brought in from the sky. It's so clearly from another place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is good. That's good stuff. Erica, what is something you loved? 
I loved uh, Peggy Sue's yellow overall shorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yep. she steals yeah. from the uh, person the hotel? in the suit hotel room. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, because it wasn't until the second watching that I was like, because at first I was like, oh, those are cute. And like, not everybody can pull those off, but they look right on her. And then it was in the second watching that I was like, those were meant for that monkey. <laughs> and then I started yeah. to like crack up. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about a monkey in like yellow overall shorts. <laughs> I was right. cracking up. I was losing it. And that like, is funny. That, that is to funny. me, I guess maybe if we are, God, we're digging deep. But if we're looking for layers, like, that's funny. That is funny. That's funny. So I, I totally, until you said that, I didn't even put those uh, yeah, together. Yeah, well, it only took the, I didn't put that took together the second too. viewing because that's where she gets it. Yeah. She's, up until yeah. that point, she's sure. wearing her homecoming dress. It's yeah. in the bathroom. It's in the bathroom of the, of the monkey room. hotel room. Yeah. The monkey's hotel room. <laughs> yep. or, so I'm sorry. Gorilla. Gorilla, yeah, gorilla, gorilla. Let's yeah. Be gorilla. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Sorry, Lord. sorry, Allie Davis. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, right. Please another thing right. that I loved was uh, when they are at the truck stop, and she's whistling for Roscoe to come out of the restroom. They pan to, I guess, inside the truck stop, and there's that little kid in what also looks like a suit or some kind of dress clothes who does like a, a take of her while he's holding his sandwich. <laughs> Yeah. I fell out. Like, I just, it's so... Well, a trucker comes up to her, looks at her in this yellow mm-hmm. overall outfit, and, and kind of like, wink, winks like, at her. Yeah. And then as she walks away, you see that kid, and the mm-hmm. kid's holding his burger and looking at her like, ooh, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> the kid? Yeah. Like, But now that I'm saying it again out loud, I hope that the trucker's like, mm, yeah, in a gross way, and I hope that the kid's like, hey, my favorite gorilla wears those same overalls. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> to 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 which she passing by. Oh, you already you did say it right. Uh, you said it right. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, something I love. Okay. At one point, the coach says, "Keep your mind on the game," and the player stands up and responds like this: "Coach," and bangs his head into a metal garbage oh. can. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Come I don't on. know. I Come was on. like, sure. By the way, the coach is played by Rance Howard. Who is not Terrence Howard? No, Rance Howard. Rance Howard, <laughs> of course. Um, th- th- that is uh, Ron Howard's father and Clint Howard's what? father. Yeah, wow. Uh, and, and oh. Who was the star of Eat My Dust? Uh, Ron hmm. Howard. Oh, so, well, look at that. I love Dick Miller in this. This it, he's again. Oh, as always, never in it enough. Yeah. But when he's in it, I'm into it. We already played. You know, he has an incredible line. I mean, yes. <laughs> pretty classic. Uh, he also, when he's in the in the helicopter, they're like, they're like, oh, they're they're driving around here, and they're like, stay on. And he's like, no problem. We'll stick to them like shit on a blanket, which <laughs> is which is great. Had I mean, both those lines, I mm-hmm. feel like had to have been Dick Miller. I think so. Yeah. They had yeah. to have been. That's not a Max Apple. That's, that's not Max Apple. That's nope. <laughs> that's that's not one of his. Um, I. The theme song? I mean... The theme song is good. In a movie where Roger hardly spent any money, mm-hmm. he, he borrows from footage of his other movies, mm-hmm. including two movies he produced for Fox, mm-hmm. and he was like, let's get a... But at least let's cough up some pennies for a theme song. Listen to my story, because I'm only telling twice. I'm a boy from Sacramento County, I'm the key to... 
Now that song should have been played at the lounge of, at, in Avalanche. They should have been playing <laughs> that song. <laughs> oh, and the people yeah. would have danced the same way they were dancing. The same way, so and it would have made more sense. It would have been even more <laughs> tremendous. By the way, the, the, the song this song says the moral of the story is a mystery to me. Us too, my Amen. man. Amen. Amen. Thank you. It starts at the very beginning like saying, listen closely because I'm only going to tell it twice. Which right. you need to watch this movie you, twice yeah. to just you start to, to make yeah. any sense out of yeah. it. Right. So it's all, the movie's telling you from the beginning, you got two viewings ahead mm-hmm. of you. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. be you gotta, ready. You got to see this a couple of times just to figure out half of this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and what you need to do is you need to make your own wet fart sounds to improve... <laughs> Yeah. By the way, this song is written by Danish-born musician Bent Meigen. Mm. I was going to say something. Sounded very Danish. Yeah, sounded uh, very bent. He, he he still performs with other musicians sure. uh, at the Crooked Path in Los Olivos, California. Well, oh, oh, yeah. Which, I know where we're going this weekend. Yeah, the, the <laughs> website go. the website claims that it is not a business but a place of renewal. An inspiration where people can oh. come and listen for free, but donations are welcome. Cole. And you're allowed to bring. Oh, comp- Cole. right, right, Cole. doesn't it? Cole. Sounds Cole. like it. Cold, 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 I'm going. Let's go. Uh, all right, let's switch to things that we hated. Mark, what's something you hated? Can you even come up with some something? Oh. I mean, can you? I can't. I, I can't. Something I hated is. I kept having to checkity check myself that this movie was made in 1981 because yes. it looks like it was made in 1971. It does. It yeah. looks it does. really bad. Yeah. And I, you, I know you, that the DVD, DVD? You, and I know that DVD is not like a remastered DVD and all sure, that. Sure. I'm just saying, even if you remastered it, it's still, it's shot very badly Look, and yeah. it just sort of looks, it just looks crappy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I'm, I was imagining people. I mean, think about it. This movie came out right before Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. If you went mm. to the theaters and saw this, you'd be thinking, "What the hell is this?" This came out after, didn't it? Because isn't eighty is 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 Empire Strikes Back? Okay. So, so right, yeah. So then, right before Return of the Jedi, which was eighty three, right? Eighty three. So this so, is even okay. after, yeah. yeah so mean, even proving my point further, I'd be going, "What happened? Why did we go back into cinematic history and pull this thing up from the depths?" It and just precisely looked, why I watched this and thought, "Yeah, I pulled something out of the seventies." It, it looks it really so seventies. Like so, Erica, something that you hated? Um, everything else. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this movie was tedious for the most part. I was yeah. I, I went into it um, feeling pretty salty, though, I'll be honest, because I 
I'm still upset about how much you guys didn't like Transylvania 6 5000. Oh, okay. boy. Oh, um, boy. Boy. So I was like, yeah, I just feel like I've seen this movie before. I, I feel like I've seen better better versions sure, of this movie before. Sure. And so I was upset with that. I was upset about how many pumpkins were harmed in the making of this film. Mm-hmm. So many mm-hmm. pumpkins had yep. to be smashed. And that and was really yeah. upsetting. I, I have a feeling that if that's something that's going to bother you, I think it's going to bother you once we watch the movie that that pumpkin footage is truly from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already upset. I'm already upset about it. Um, hated the sound effects. Um, yeah, like the making the moonshine sound effects, the flute that didn't make any sense, the music that they clearly just got for free, like classical music that was like peppered in here and there. How dare you say that about Bent? <laughs> Not he- Bent. He was the one. He was something that I loved. But yeah, I just didn't. I didn't enjoy it. I. I didn't think it was that much fun. There were like sparks of fun. Like the gorilla thing was so random that I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. Um, there were a couple thing, a couple things here and there that were just so ridiculous that I found funny. But overall, I was just like, ugh. Another like bumbling sheriff who just can't get it together, who has a team of nitwits who can't quite catch this teenager. He's a teen. Just he's mm-hmm. a teen in a top hat. Just catch him. Yeah, just frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about this movie is that it's kind of hard to even hate it for me. It's it's hard for me to say, like, I hate this movie because this isn't even a movie. As I was saying before, like, this movie is patched together from other movies and given very threadbare plots because you have to have these moments match up with other footage. Mm-hmm. So you have to give it, like, the dumbest reasons for certain things to happen because you need certain things to align with others. It's It's... It's, but it's not a movie. This is a this this has no ambitions at all yeah. to be a good movie. It's merely trying to be an amusing time at a drive-in, you know, like mm-hmm. paired with another movie. Yeah. Here's a silly time, like that was mm-hmm. silly, but who cares? It was short and it was fluffy. Who gives a shit? It had yeah. no. It was never trying to be a good film. This, <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm wrong, uh, but you know, I don't think this movie was trying. Mm-hmm. To be good. I don't think Roger, let's just say, I don't think Roger Corman thought this movie needed to be a good movie. It just needed to hit the beats that he wanted. Mm. And that's all he cared about. He never wanted it to be a good movie. It's hard to dislike it for not being something it never intended to be. Mm. You know, it's like, I can't hate on it. That no. said. How fair of you. The whole Arab subplot is... I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we're, we deal with this a lot. You're going to mm-hmm. deal with movies from the 70s and 80s. There's a lot of dated stuff. Yeah. And that just was like, ugh. I mean, and I think the only reason it stands out is that there's so many corny, dumb jokes hoping hoping to reach the highest highs of a wet fart joke that like the Arab stuff is even more like, oh, God, no. You know, yeah. it's like, no, ah, really? Um. And, you know, Alan, I think, said this, and I believe he said, I, I hope I'm quoting him correctly, but he says, he said, Roger only likes silly comedies. Yep. And I think that is absolutely right. And all due respect to Corman, who is someone I we obviously admire very much on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And but this is it's it's the comedy in this is awful. It's so 
bad. And it's mm-hmm. and it's almost somewhat insulting because they're just the stupidest jokes. And they're like, I don't know, what do people like that like comedies? Like people in monkey suits, you know? Sorry, gorilla <laughs> suits. Pardon me. Thank pardon you. me. Pardon Thank me. you. Um, you know, it's don't just be like, insensitive. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you know, I get it. Comedy is not Corman's thing, but it's just. Ugh, that that is the most insulting of this semi-insulting uh, sense of humor out of this movie because it's like you don't what's funny stupid shit you don't care what's you don't care what's funny it's just a bunch of fucking dumbass shit who cares that's what apparently they think comedy is and it's a little that's a little rough but again never intended this to be a good movie so. And I, I just feel like the eighties was a big time for like making fun of that. Like, remember that wrestler, yeah. the iron, Grunt. Sh- the iron Sheik. Like that was a oh, whole yeah, thing yeah, yeah. where sure. it was like that was a thing. Yeah, then. yeah, sure. That was yeah. A thing. That's true. That's true. I'm not saying it's right. Believe me, no, I, yeah. I still, I'm not standing up for it. I just, I think that was like well, something well, that... well. <laughs> You've drawn your line in the sand, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> your love of professional wrestling no i'm not saying that was right either i'm saying i have yeah, no, fundamental I, no. issues yeah. with it yeah but that was something that in the 80s like people thought was hilarious yes yeah, it's true it's true and i'm too young so i get a pass <laughs> i was born in the 80s so i'm not included <laughs> the elder millennial here sounds <laughs> off all right let's go to our favorite scene mark what was your favorite scene i i think it go it's it's back to that fight scene because the voice was coming from <laughs> yeah. another world That's fair. That's and fair. the fight scene goes on a very long, long. time and they cut yeah. way back too to long it. It even, they, cut they cut back away, to it cut yeah. Back. yeah 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 and yeah. so um i really like that i did i really also liked the part when the when the the little girl and the little boy and they get she gets her cigarettes and he's like yes. he walks up to her and is like like, do you need a flame, baby? And yeah, he's, he's like, hey, like, baby, need some fire? <laughs> yeah, I need I some like, fire. What? That's it. <laughs> and then, then they're both standing there just holding their cigarettes, smoking them when the cut when the sheriff pulls up. And yeah. I was like, that's kind of funny. I mean, I also recognize that I like when little kids play adult Adults. characters. Yeah. Sure. I That always works for me. I always yeah. find it funny. I know that that's a dumb trope, but I thought that was funny. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They do hit on some occasional funny things in trying to throw 50,000 jokes, dumb jokes at you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I guess what I just said about Corman, more fool me, because he's like, I got you in a couple. So he's not trying to get a belly laugh yeah. every time. Nope. Yeah, 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 he's like, you guys wait, seem like you ate it up. So fuck you. You guys, yeah. you guys did buy the DVD, right? right? Just want to yeah, make sure. Exactly. Okay, right. cool, 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 cool. Cool. I'll wait for the check at home while you complain about the humor. All right, Erico, your favorite scene. That that little kid smoking was also one of my favorite scenes. I my second one, I think, because it's Alan. Was Alan's scene where Mm. the cars are racing down the hill and he's getting something out of the trunk of the VW Beetle and he's like, Whoa, whoa, and then hides. I think Yeah, that was Alan actually in that scene. Yeah. Wow. I think that was my favorite scene just because we've, you know, had the pleasure of speaking with him mm-hmm. and it was kind of fun to be like, Hey, we know him, mm-hmm. you know, that's Alan. Um, and it was just one of the more, uh, unique, actual, you know, unique, not reused, recycled scenes Correct. Yeah. in the movie. Yeah. So, and it looked like it came, 
that it was like pretty close. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't, and I would hope that he was very safe the entire entire time. But it looks like he just barely gets out of the way before just the car yes. on the left. I will I will bring that up in the research. Ooh, yeah. all right. Uh, my favorite scene. If there is a scene in this movie, and there really isn't. It has to be the one between Roscoe and Peggy Sue where they talk about whether he's going to take her back or not. Which may be the one scene that has any depth in this movie. That's not my favorite. But I'm just saying, that if this movie has a scene where characters interact and talk with one another with any sort of depth to it at all, mm-hmm. in any way mm-hmm. of trying to connect with one another in any actual way, it might be that scene. So this is a movie that truly doesn't have many scenes yeah yeah you were maybe introduced to characters by seeing them and next thing you know they're cutting back to them for a punchline and you don't know them you've Mm -hmm. just looked at them yeah you know so that might be the so i'm i'm picking a favorite scene out of a movie with no scenes but i think i would go with the insane football game montage (laughs) (laughs) because We get fights. I think a field goal or an extra point is then intercepted. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, a player on the on hit the kicks another player of the same team in the helmet. Mm-hmm. It is just an insane montage of stuff. They punch each other in their helmets. Right, They're punching each other in a helmet. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's crazy. And I felt like this was a moment where the filmmakers were having fun. So kudos to Charles Griffith and New World regular editor Larry Bach, who edited this when he edited a bunch of New World pictures, including Avalanche. And this felt like a moment where they were having fun. They're like, look mm-hmm. at all the because that game is just insane. As Mark said, it doesn't look like a football game. They just it they, just they never crazy. even have the the prerequisite number of people on the field for right, each right. team. Right. It's like a pickup game between yeah. two high schools. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, when when William Forsythe runs off the game to go chase Peggy Sue and Roscoe, they follow him. The coach of his team follows him out, Rance Howard. And then a player from the other team tries to open up his car door as if to get him out of his car and stop him from leaving. It's like, he's not even on your team, man. Yeah. What do you care? <laughs> it's just Teamwork. like that whole game was like, what is happening? Who I don't know who's who. Maybe mm-hmm. they were all on one team. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It just was just in pure insanity, and that was that was a scene that I liked. Because there are no scenes in this movie. All right, let's go to final questions. Here are our final questions for Smokey Bites the Dust. At the homecoming game, the sh- they show the former homecoming queens in attendance, starting with 
Oh. Owns a Long John Silvers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Or I thought maybe, maybe he was like a judge who was really into the oh, death penalty. That's, that, oh, that's Fry cool. him. That's so dark. It's very dark. That's so dark. Maybe he's the guy who owns Mr. Fry's. <laughs> Mr. Fries, this is an inside joke. <laughs> there is a Mr. Fries that's going to be opening up near us, and it hasn't opened yet. So we have done many, many jokes about what Mr. Fries is going to be about. And anyway, most of the jokes include that Mr. The reason Mr. Fries is not open because something tragic has happened to Mrs. Fries. <laughs> we will be opening, but unfortunately, so, it has been delayed because Mrs. Fries is not well. But you can come in and get a free large cry fry <laughs> in honor of Mrs. Fries. Um, why did why does Peggy Sue hate her dad so much? Because it's a fucking idiot. He sucks at his job. Yeah, that's a good point. All she of that. like him because he's bad at his job. Yeah. If right. he was a good sheriff, she'd be happy. Yeah, she has no respect for him. Do you think if there were more dedicated driver's ed teachers like Dick Miller's character that we might have driver's ed in more schools. Yeah, 100%. Mark is not 100%. Uh, uh, I think that, I don't know. My, that, where I live, they do have driver's ed in the schools. Sure. So I'm assuming that there's a Dick Miller at every high school around where yeah, I live. I hope so. At my high school, uh, they had a room for it. Where they had driver's ed, but then mm. they had cl- they did not. By the time I got to the high school, that was no longer a class you could take. Yeah, no, that they have safe. like they- in a city where driving is required. Right, I know. Why teach in it? California? Why, why teach do you it? need it? Yeah, uh, they, yeah. They actually do the tests in the parking lot of the high school. Oh, yeah, okay. That's how I had to do it growing yeah. up, like in the parking lot. Oh, mm-hmm. it was so embarrassing. But, but does, actually, it, does the driver good. ed teacher? view the whole driving from a helicopter about yes. the entire parking yeah. lot? The entire time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. And good. part of it, part of the driving test is seeing how close you can get to the helicopter before it lifts up. <laughs> you play chicken with a helicopter. That's the final exam. He just yells at you from a loudspeaker up in the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it would appear that at least Lester the Moonshiner is going to jail by the end of the movie. But, like, if we're serious, everyone's going to jail, right? Like, every single person I mean, in the Every single go person. Jail, if he's got to go to jail, then yeah, everybody's going to Everyone's go. going to jail. Yeah. Like, when they cuff Lester, I'm like, wait, he's the one paying? Like, yeah. we everyone. Cuff everybody. Everyone. Everyone, everyone. Yeah. has. Including the cops. No one yeah. knows how this is going to be prosecuted. Every single cop. Mm-hmm. But yeah. every cop. Is, every is, cop. Even yeah. the cop who was like, but he stole my car. And yeah, and you sat and drank beers and ate tacos. And then <laughs> you're driving intoxicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're yeah. drinking on the job. Like, and cuff everyone. Everyone mm-hmm. deserves to be cuffed. You've got food yeah. on your face. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of the happy endings that we get in this movie... Wait, and what? I, I know everyone deserves, you know, a, 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 a happy ending, however you want to interpret that, Mark. Um, but I'm very when, confused. But wow, when, that my Manhattans have become inc- really strong lately. For the Manhattans by Mark! <laughs> um, the proof goes through the roof! <laughs> 
I mean, if we don't, if we don't make that T-shirt, we've we've only let ourselves down. Um, with, or if you have um, Ringo Starr do it, you'd be like, "Hey, that roof goes through the roof." No. <laughs> I mean, let's hope Ringo's available to be the pitch man. Let's hope. <laughs> The Australian Good Ringo. Good on, Mike. The proof goes through the roof, right? <laughs> <laughs> Cheerio. Shiver me, Nickers. <laughs> oh. All right, fuck that uh, question. It doesn't matter. Right? Not, there's no point in going back. Finally, now's the time for everyone's favorite segment. That you may or may not listen to, and that is Ron's research. <laughs> research by Ron, sponsored by Manhattan's by Mark. The proof goes through the roof. <laughs> they don't have that's that's where uh, that's where Ringo's contract is like. Yeah. No, I don't. He said he would do it I, once. No, I he don't. Said he would do. do it I don't read time. the entire thing. I don't read the whole yeah. thing. No. That has yeah. got to, you got to bring in a lady for that. Yeah. So this com- comes out in 1981. I just wanted to mention some of the other movies being uh, released by New World Pictures around this time. Uh, Ruckus and Mattock County, Firecracker comes hmm. after on the heels. Oh, of, okay. Of that, um, Richard's things. Richard things. <laughs> what? Yes. Uh, some, what is yeah, it? Yeah, that is that, a uh, yeah. That's a Concord movie, right? That's not New World. No, but I think that's a foreign acquisition. We have Galaxy of Terror and Saturday the 14th. Okay, as well all right. As Quartet finishing out uh, 1981. And yeah, that is 1981 for New World Pictures. Hmm. Rough uh, year. A, a wild up and down year. I may have left one or two out. But anyway, that's a, that's that is, that's kind of a weird 1981. Now, Alan Holzman, as we said, did second unit on this. So when we talk to him, and you can go back and listen to our interviews, um, he said uh, Roger Corman used to hire directors on their way up or on their way down. And he mentioned this in terms of Smokey Bites the Dust. And he said for Griffith, he had, you know, he had had a success with Eat My Dust, but then his previous movie, as I mentioned, Up From the Depths, uh, which is still for New World, that was not a success. So this movie was like another chance, but mm-hmm. anyway... This didn't do well or didn't do great. I don't know. Whatever. It probably did middling. I can't imagine he thought this was going to be this is going to be the one that like made so much money for New World. But it also was made out of bits and pieces they'd already done. So I can't imagine this cost him much. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Griffith he moved on to work for Canon and he directed Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hype with uh, starring Oliver Reed, uh, which they didn't even release and they just sold the cable television. Hmm. So Smokey likely represented. That's what he did before. Smokey Bites the Dust. So this likely represented like an opportunity for him to kind of right the ship. Um, uh, the title, according to Griffith, uh, he, he ta- I read this in um, Sense of Cinema. He said that it was intentionally cribbing from Smokey the Bandit and Eat My Dust and hope that people might think it would be a sequel mm-hmm. and go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what he said in the book Backstory 3. Griffith talks about how Smokey Bites the Dust comes together. So this is him uh, explaining it. It all started with a news broadcast. The police were complaining that Eat My Dust and other pictures like it inspired kids to chase down the freeways and challenge the cops and run other cars off the road. 
There were lots of people blaming me for this. And L.A. County Sheriff Pitches called this Car Wars. As soon as the newscast was over, the phone rang and it was Roger. I want you to do a picture called Car Wars, he said, using the stunts from five old New World pictures. I wrote a script which wound up being called Wham Bam Merci Madame. It was insane and used all the stunts in different ways. Sounds like the movie we watched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but Roger hated the script. How? Oh. I don't know. Hated the script and never did the picture. However, he called again and offered me a lot more money than he ever had before. I guess I got flattered and I went ahead and did it. He had Max Apple in Texas go ahead and write a script around all the wrecks and chases. But Max wasn't allowed to see the footage. It was too expensive to rent a moviola and send Max prints or anything else. So he had only vague descriptions written down on what the stunts were. Yeah, nothing worked. So I made a lot of changes in it, and that made Roger angry. He tried to cut it just to the action of the old pictures, but he couldn't because he needed all the distribution rights. Then he cut all the motivations and all the character development. It was a mess, a jumbled mess. The same thing occurred in Up From The Depths. So, Hmm. interesting. Hmm. Um, For his part, Max Apple had this to say to the New York Times in 1984, before he wrote The Air Up There. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote Smokey Bites the Dust for Roger Corman in 1980. He said, it was a car crash movie. They wanted four or five crashes of which they already had the footage. It was more bricklaying than writing. Yeah, that makes sense. So I emailed, emailed Alan and told him we were doing this. And in particular, I wanted to ask him about, because he said the first day he was shooting second unit on this, that he crashed a car. And mm-hmm. he was really like, oh, God, I crashed a car. So I wanted to know when he crashed the car. So this is what he told me. He said the shot actually never made it in the movie. Mm. It was for the scene where the sheriff's car crashes after the buxom woman drops the pumpkin. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So he said, mm-hmm. I chose not to use it. It's much more dynamic without the insert. Since it was the stunt sheriff's car, I definitely was not supposed to do any damage to it. And as Erica mentioned, Alan is in the car, and it's the broken-down Volkswagen bug that's on the train tracks. And he hides behind it, and the two cop cars come by. And he's told me this about the scene. The two cop cars race by at the same time, giving a slight lift to the car I'm ducked in front of. Uh, it really felt like it lifted. That, that, that was even dumber of me than the drop kick into the camera and grunt. Um, oh my god and it was all done in one take and alan also points out that he's wearing like a new wave bowling shirt in a movie that's supposed to take place in what he called a down home country flick but i mean do we really know where this movie takes place no i mean do we really Uh, know we don't very vague i don't know they do have a chinese restaurant there so i don't know i mean they do make they they call out to new orleans and st louis and so it's somewhere in that area yeah in one of those areas that i guess has has mountains and hills so it's it's the the palmdale of missouri (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah so yeah and that's it that's uh that's it that's all the research wow Wow. that's the research i thought we'd have almost nothing i got a little something for you guys yeah i hope you guys have woken up in time for us to say hey Thank you for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. Thank you for spending some time with us with Smokey Bites the Dust. 
Uh, Who, are you, you thinking us? Are you, I'm so, thinking. Yeah, the you're two thinking of me, you. right? The you're two welcome, of you. Oh, thank you. You're, you're welcome, welcome, Ryan. No, I'm, you're I'm talking to the audience, guys. Thank you oh. guys for uh, being here. Thank you for listening. If you can, rate and review us. That is a huge help. It really, truly is. Um, it was a. We got a couple reviews recently, and it was such a boost. I cannot tell you how much that helps us. So please do that if you can. <laughs> and emotionally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it also helps mm-hmm. us you know and people find the show mm-hmm. this, it's all i have how, i have basically pegged guys. all of my self-esteem on this show so please rate and review us <laughs> right. be kind right. i mark, need your help mark as has made so he's started a business of boxed manhattans purely for himself <laughs> oh, i can't wait you, if you do not keep his his self-esteem can't wait up, to get immediate heartburn from your boxed manhattans <laughs> The citrus level is extreme. <laughs> ah, the proof's through the roof. That's right. And so is your heartburn. <laughs> um, so, yeah, follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram if you have a chance. And we're also on Facebook. Find us there. And we'll see you next time on the New World Pictures podcast. Bye, everybody.